with your host, Elena and Selena. Elena here with you today with special guest, Teresa Brenneman. She is a psychic healer and transformational guide. She helps spiritually curious and purpose-driven individuals step into their authenticity, let go of subconscious beliefs, and align with their innermost intuitive knowing. Welcome, Teresa. Thanks for having me, Elena. I'm so glad you're here today. We had a human design session recently, and I was so excited about it (laughs) that I wanted Teresa to join me here and talk about it. But before we jump in, why don't you take a, a second, introduce yourself, and tell us how you found human design. Yeah, so... I went through a spiritual awakening probably about three years ago now. I was just trying to find myself. There were some things happen ha- that happened in a relationship that led me to just cracking wide open, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I like to say that podcasts saved my life, actually, because... Um, it's so ironic, but not ironic, but this particular person I was, that I was in a relationship with actually was the one that told me about podcasts. Oh, and wow. yeah, I had no idea what they were until he told me about them and we would fall asleep listening to like ghost stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it was some podcast that was ghost stories, but I just started becoming obsessed and we ended up breaking up and it was, it was a whole thing, but I found personal development through podcasts because I'm a very auditory listener or auditory learner. And so I learn really well while I'm able to like do stuff with my hands, you know, walk around the house or whatever and listen to something at the same time. And I just started going ham on all sorts of spiritual podcasts and personal development and human design entered into my life at just the right moment. And I always like to say, we don't find human design. It finds you. (laughs) So, and it was kind of your experience too, right? I was like, have you heard of this thing? Like I should yes. talk about it, you know? Um, so that's de- definitely how it was for me. I wasn't like seeking it by any means. It just fell into my lap through, via a podcast and I resonated so much with it. I remember the first time I looked at my chart, I didn't even know what it meant and I was like crying and I could feel oh. the excitement in my body and it was just like, this is really important. This is going to be a thing for you. Yeah. And I felt so seen. I felt like I could finally understand myself and have words for the what it is that I experienced just being me. And I was like, well, then there's other people out there like me. If this is a whole thing, you know, this is a system. Um, and I just started telling people about it. Um, and I didn't really know a whole lot about it at the time. I, I pretty much knew what all the energy types meant and some of the basics, but I didn't know a whole lot. But the more I read and learned about it, the more I would be able to tell people that I was talking to. And I was personal training full time. So, you know, my clients and I would talk a lot during our sessions and I'd I started telling every single client about it. And pretty much now looking back, I was giving them readings, but just, (laughs) you know, not in a formal way. And tons of people would tell me, you are so good at describing this. Um, You should really look into they were like, can you make this a job at any point? You know, people kind of started suggesting that. And yeah, one thing led to another and now I'm doing readings and that's majority, you know, I'm, I'm psychic and intuitive and I do healing work, but it's like half and half with human design now. 
That's fantastic. So, you know, I read a little bit about this work and it looks like it's been around since the 80s, but it just yep. seems to be on fire right now. Yeah. Like, so that's, how did that happen? Yeah, that's so interesting. And um, I'm not quite sure. It was downloaded in 1987. And I honestly don't think the world was ready for it when it, for, it was first downloaded. And okay. it, I, do, I do have to say it is a combination of several systems. So I don't want to give all the credit to the man that channeled it because it was almost like it was several systems already and he just put it all together into one and like he did come up with the energy type concept um but there are some people out there that get kind of bothered by the fact that it is the it's the kabbalah and the I Ching and we really have mm -hmm. to pay, pay homage to that you know because um, but he he always did give tons of credit to that. But so it is it's a combination between the Kabbalah, the I Ching, um, astrology and neuroscience uh, and as well as quantum physics. So there is quite a bit going on there. And it really is. Um, it's a channel that we can all tap into is what I'm starting to learn. And it's an information channel. And there are lots of numbers in it. <laughs> so <laughs> Um, I have tapped into it. I don't I don't really know how he organized the information upon receiving it because when I tap into this channel, it is so much. It's so confusing. But yeah, he he basically made it digestible for people. And now what I'm starting to learn is there are old school readers and there are new school readers and the new school readers are really, I mean, people like me that want to make it a very positive thing that want to help you find your purpose through it, want to use it for healing. Um, I feel like when he first downloaded it, it was definitely very common for people to be extremely conditioned so extremely far away from their true nature mm -hmm. so it shocked a lot of people and it didn't resonate with a lot of people because they were so conditioned and now as the paradigm is shifting a lot of people are resonating more with it and I think it's blowing up because of the time even in in human design they say the new paradigm is going to happen in 2027 so it's I think it's it's kind of similar to this age of Aquarius thing, but we have to get through all of this transitionary period in order to really be thriving, if that makes sense. That does. Yeah. So it's almost like um, according to human design in 2027, we're going to be in this paradigm where we're all doing what we love for a living and following our design and just really thriving based on the energy being supportive of us as well. So it's not so much of a struggle to follow your design because of the way society will be supporting us, if that makes sense. That does. And so, so what is the design itself? Um, I guess if you could put it in a nutshell, what is the design composed of? Yeah, so I always like to say it's a blueprint of your aura, because if we think about it as your aura is your vehicle, um, and it is the way that you operate through life. So if we look at it as if the aura is a vehicle, and we're all different, it's like we're all different types of cars, right? We all each have a different 
instruction manual. So human design really gives you that instruction manual to create more flow in your life, to do things with more ease so that you're not pushing and forcing as much. And I've found that since implementing the strategy and the authority and just since knowing some of the basics about the energy centers, it's created so much less pushback from life for me. It's almost like the universe just has doors open. And I'm not saying life is super peachy all the time. You know, there's definitely still challenges, but it's almost like the challenges that you face are the right challenges. And nothing really feels like it's a, I mean, I guess I, you know, I do still get doors closing in my face, but now since I understand how human design works, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just. I'm not lit up about that. That should be closing in my face, right? It's yeah. not a, why isn't this happening for me? It's like, I have the terminology as to why things are the way they are and why certain things are not working out. Even if I don't understand why exactly, I can at least have words to make sense of it to my body and myself. I love that. So how can people use this tool once they've had a reading? How can they use this chart? to start their own process or personal development or, or however, I guess it can be applied to career or personal life or uh, relationship development. There's probably a lot of applications. There's so much. I mean, I don't even know the half of it. I've only been studying it for three years. So there are some readers out there that have been studying it, you know, since, you know, 20 years ago and have probably just seen so many different things unfold. But yeah, yeah, I would say, most readers kind of pick their new their own niche, and for me, it's definitely purpose and um, just kind of figuring out how to create flow. But there are so many ways you can definitely use it for relationships. I've done a lot of relationship readings because what you can do with humans design is do a composite chart and mm -hmm. put because you're 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 just a different person when you're with your person. You know, um, when you're with anybody is what I've learned through human design. We're only really our true nature ourselves when we are alone completely alone so the second you get around your partner your design kind of changes a little bit and it it's because their design and your design are mingling together and your energies shift so doing a composite chart can be really beneficial because I've found that with human design, it gives you the tools to love anybody. So it's not this whole, well, you're incompatible. Like that's just not going to work. You end up now having terminology and the right verbiage to navigate relationship based on being able to set aside your differences and understand them. So, yeah. you know, some, just as an example, one of the big things my husband and I end up going through is I have a defined mind in human design and he has an open mind. And when you have a defined mind, you are somebody who tends to be fixed in your opinions and you're very certain about things, right? So I'm very much like, well, this is how I feel and that's just the way it is. <laughs> and I have a lot of opinions and I want to talk about them. And he's very much like, oh, you know, I can hold space for everybody. I can see, I can see your opinion over here. I can also see your opinion over here. It's the definition of an open mind, right? Yes. So we're both meant to teach each other something through that. And he is meant to kind of wrangle me in and show me that my way is not the only way and I still need to hold space for other people's opinions and ideas and I'm meant to help him feel certain about certain things right so sometimes when you have the open mind the downside of that is 
you can struggle to make decisions Mm -hmm. and I can be very certain just be like, no, this is the thing we have to do. This is right. You know, when he needs that. So it's in the past that used to almost lead to arguments because I'd be like, ugh, like, why can't you just like say that my way is the right way? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So pretty much that's, that's just kind of an example of how the knowledge can really help you. Um, Same thing with, you know, him and I are the same energy type. So that's makes things easier because we really get each other on that level. But, you know, when we have two different energy types, like let's say a projector and a generator, they have very different energy. And so it's important to know how that person functions so that you can understand how their system operates. Because if you're, if you're a generator and you're dating a projector, you're just really not going to get why they need alone time or why they need to go decompress, um, maybe why they tend to give unsolicited advice. You know, there's certain things about projectors that once you understand, you're like, oh, okay, I just, I get you now. And I always have that kind of in the back of my mind or, you know, projectors really need to be recognized and invited into things so they can kind of feel bitter if they're not recognized. And so, you know, I always coach people that are in relationships with projectors. You really have to invite your partner in. You have to recognize them and take the time to be aware of that because otherwise we just have blinders on and then projectors are sitting there feeling unrecognized and bitter. And it's just a quick little simple switch just of awareness that you can make in your relationship. Yeah. Well, you know, when you first were describing human design to me, it reminded me a lot of I've learned about the Enneagram and I guess there's also um, Myers-Briggs and those have been used as tools for years within businesses um, or for teams like business teams to help reconcile those, those challenges people might have with different types. Like, is this something that can also be used in, um, in a business setting? Oh, absolutely. Um, Definitely. I used to co-own a fitness studio and it was so incredibly useful because my business partner was a projector and then our other pretty much she was a partner too was a generator and then I'm a manifesting generator and we all understood how each other's energy worked and where we were going to best get our work done so you know projectors are really meant to guide energy and to find efficiency and they're not really meant to be the outputters like the worker bees So we would really just go to her for her guidance and be like, you know, we've done this work. What's your opinion on it? What else do we need to do to tweak it or whatever? And then she would do that. And and then that way she wasn't getting burned out and wasn't putting too much effort in, you know? Um, And then me being the MG, I'm the one that's able to multitask and be multifaceted and doing all these different things at once. And so that's really where I that's really where I was doing my best work. And then, yeah, it just is so helpful. And I know there's, there's readers out there that specifically work with businesses and they will go into businesses and like do chart readings for people and help the, um, you know, the CEOs or the people in charge kind of like get an understanding of it. And I'm sure it's, it's hard to implement on a huge scale right now. Maybe they just do it for smaller businesses, but it's just so incredibly important. And that's really my goal with it is for people to start speaking this like it's a second language, you know, like it's like, oh, hi, I'm Teresa. I'm a manifesting generator. I'm a two four, you know, 
<laughs> and you just will understand people right when you meet them. Maybe it's the kind of thing we'll be putting on resumes in the future. And like, you know, I just, I just think it'd be so beneficial. Yeah. I mean, that would be an interesting business model, especially for a small business. The one thing that seems to be a standout for human design, as opposed to other tools like Enneagram that's used for businesses is, you know, that human design, I guess it integrates astrology into it, which I find fascinating yeah. uh, as an astrologer, just the idea that a person's astrological mapping is used as as part of this whole process. Like, how does that come into play when you're creating these, um, you know, creating, I guess, is it called a chart when you're yeah. doing? Okay. So when you're doing a human design chart, where do you see the astrology come into play? Yeah. So it is called the body graph, but we use okay. that term interchangeably with chart. So you can call it whatever, but for people that don't know that it, it is also called a body graph, but with astrology, the component is really, um, the energy that you have will shift based on where the, where it is in the planetary arrangement. So it's kind of similar to something being, I'm not, I'm not super good with astrology terms, but I would liken it to like a planet being in a certain house. Is that a thing in astrology? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So it's similar to that, like how, oh, this means like your 10th house is about this. And when this planet is in that house, then that's what it means. Um, so in, a, in human design, there's something called the gates and the gates are really tendencies, attributes, um, karma lessons that you're here to learn. And it's, it's almost, it, there's 64 of them and they're linked to the 64 wow. genetic codons. Yeah. So I look at it as like the gate being, the gate being defined is like having that gene turned on. So it's something that you're here to offer to the world and you're here to guide the way or teach or show the world, provide that energy to the world. Mm -hmm. People that have that, we all have a certain amount turned on and a certain amount turned off. And the ones that are turned off, it's open to experience that energy through somebody else. So like, let's say I have gate 12 defined and you have it open when you're with me, you're going to also have gate 12 defined and you're experiencing it from my energy in your own way, if that makes sense. That's fascinating. It is. That's, it's so yeah. fascinating. <laughs> so th the way that the planets change that is, let's say I have gate 12 in my moon and in human design, the moon is really what drives you. So you know, gate 12 is all about using your voice to communicate. Um, it's about having a powerful and dynamic voice. It's about speaking at the right times and being a very pure heart. There's different, there's a lot of nuance to each gate. And if my gate 12 is in my moon sign, then that's really what drives me is okay. almost my voice. <laughs> so it definitely changes the expression of it. And then there's also, you know, there's six different archetypes in human design and each gate is expressed through an archetype. So, you know, if, um, if my gate 12 is in the second archetype, which is the hermit, then I call it the natural as well. Then that energy is something that comes naturally to me. I don't have to like work for it. I just have this powerful dynamic voice that people listen to. Um, and yeah, it, it can, it is very nuanced. And I think there's something like 3 billion combinations of charts. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that just, just show how different we are. Yes. It leads to something really intricate. 
So mm-hmm. are the archetypes, are they are they kind of based on like Jungian psychology or? I believe uh, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can kind of go over them. Um, there's So there's six of them. And okay. in human design, your profile, it's one of my favorite things to talk about even more than the energy type, because I always say your profile is really like if we think about this as a, a movie or a video game or something, your energy type is the role that you're here to play. So kind of like how your energy communicates and engages and exchanges energy with the universe. And the profile is really the character that you are. So it's a lot of deep insight about your personality. And you oftentimes have more in common with somebody who has the same profile as you than okay. somebody who has the same energy type even. So the profile is a combination of two of those archetypes and a lot of them are not um, harmonious. So they're kind of a dichotomy, right? So I'm a two, four and the two is the hermit and the four is the opportunist. So they're very different energies. The two is like, Oh, I want to just be in my cave and I want to be learning about my natural genius and just kind of doing my thing. I don't want to be interrupted. And when you have the two energy, you can tend to like, not want to come out of your cave at times like you just get sucked into being in your own energy and your own genius and you don't want to be social and your home space is very important to you mm-hmm. and then the four energy is the opposite it's like this outgoing extrovert that wants to engage with your people and like it's a people person you know so it's very much um it's an interesting dichotomy it's almost like our souls were like this would be funny for them to navigate like let's try to figure this this push pull energy out you know yeah it's almost like you you are the kind of person who has to create your own tribe so you have those people around you but you still have your home space absolutely and that really is um so I'll just go over them all briefly but the, the one is the investigator so it's this person that really likes to get to the bottom of things likes to thoroughly research um google is your best friend that kind of situation Mm -hmm. uh you you're an investigator you have one of those and the two is the natural or the hermit which we've pretty much gone over the three is i believe they call it the martyr in human design but i just call it trial and error because it's this person that really has to try things themselves and fail and when I and there's really no such thing as fail so when I say fail I like to think about it as failing forward because if you have a three in your profile you are you just have to make mistakes and you're going to learn from those and then other people are going to learn from your mistakes and yeah you're just it's like you're the type of person that really can't take advice from others because you have to experience it on your own even if it's not the right decision right even if it's not in like if they don't think it's in your highest good, but then you do it anyways and you make the mistake, you were meant to make the mistake, right? Yeah, it's more kind of an experiential understanding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's really no such thing as failure for those that have a three in their profile. And then the four is the opportunist. And the opportunist is definitely an extrovert energy, but it is also um, like a particular energy because if you're an opportunist, then your aura naturally just filters out people that aren't going to bring you opportunities in life. (laughs) And that sounds really bad, but it's almost like you, you naturally will know if somebody is going to add anything to your life. When I say opportunities, I don't just mean like job opportunities. I mean like an opportunity for a lesson or a connection or, you know, learning something growth. Um, so And when you're an opportunist, all of your opportunities in life come from your network. So it's really important for you to 
create a circle of people that really love you and understand you and want to cheer you on because you literally have these cheerleaders out in the world that are just talking about you and wanting to hook you up with certain people and, um, and just create opportunity for you. So when you have that four energy, you're not the kind of person that goes to a party and works the room and just talks to everybody. You're kind of, you're, you're a bit selfish with your energy. And when you click with somebody, you will really want to get to them on a deep level. Mm -hmm. So the five energy is going to be the opposite of that, where it's very outgoing and very much anybody that can interact with strangers and loved ones alike. Like it's the type of person that you're just like, they act like they know everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, and they just effortlessly can work a room and they can stay surface level with people. Um, not that they can't go deep cause they absolutely can, but they have the capability to like, you know, just kind of be liked by everybody. Um, yeah. the five energy is a very likable energy. And it also is this I call it the hero because it's this like save the day energy where this person just wants to help everybody and get in there and fix things and find solutions. And then uh, last but definitely not least, the six is the role model energy. And the six is kind of tricky because for the first 30 years of life, you're living your life as a three. So it's that trial and error energy. And then once you go through your Saturn return, you really start coming into your role model archetype. Wow. And yeah. It's, and it, so it's basically from all of the trial and error of the three, you come into your role model energy and you, there's definitely a healing period once you first turn 30 and you're, you go very introspective and we call it going up on the roof where you're kind of evaluating all the things that happened in the first 30 years of life and you're kind of watching everybody else and watching your own process and it's really important for sixes to be selfish during this period and allow themselves to um, un have their lives unfold the way that is best for them and you know just allow themselves that introspection so it's it's so interesting. And then you have to look at how, how those two numbers work together. So there's 12 different combinations. And then there's personal karma and transpersonal karma. And then the four one is the only one that is what we call a juxtaposition, which basically just doesn't have a whole lot of karma. Mm -hmm. um, but the, tr the transpersonal karma, which is what you are, is you, you're really here to learn about life and to live your purpose through other people. So through your engagement and your interaction with others, learning about yourself through your relationships. Um, they're people that are very helpful. They're often philanthropists. You know, they're the people out there that are doing Habitat for Humanity and like really caring about the environment and that kind of thing. And yeah, the personal karma is more of a selfish life path. And it's more of a, I'm going to be really in like, I'm going to be really into my own experience and then other people are going to learn from my personal experience. And, you know, not that both types can't have both of those experiences, but it's just kind of like a theme in your life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So you mentioned something about auras. What are aura types? Um, How does that come into play? Oh, you mean like the energy types? Yeah, I thought that you used the word aura, so I was intrigued. I didn't know oh, if there's yeah. some kind of aura connection, because it does seem like there's like a chakra connection too. There's the, I guess it's nine centers. Oh, yeah. I think I totally forgot to mention that when I was describing um, everything that goes into human design. But yeah, it also, the chakra system also is a part of it. And okay. So the way that, so the man that downloaded it, his name is Ra Uruhu, um, not his 
birth name, but you know how the spiritual awakening goes. A lot of people change their names. Um, But so he, he had said that human design is the science of your aura. So the body graph is actually a blueprint of your aura. So yeah. So it's almost like um, if the aura is the vehicle, right, then we each have a different vehicle. And so that's kind of where the energy type comes into play is like, each energy type engages with the universe, exchanges energy with the universe in a different way. So we have five different energy types. There's manifesting generators, which is what you and I both are, uh, generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. And manifesting generators are very much um, the hybrid, we call them the hybrid for the new age because it's a generator manifestor combo. And there is a way that we can tell in your chart whether you're more manifestor or more generator because at the end of the day, you are still a generator. So you still have the same strategy as a generator, but it can be really helpful to learn about the manifestor type um, for MGs as well. And, you know, they're the divine multitaskers of the world. They mm-hmm. are really only happy when they're juggling multiple things at once, when they have their hands in many cookie jars at once. Mm-hmm. And, yep, and you're only really happy in a job where you're able to do that, right? So when I was, even when I was a personal trainer, I I did our social media and I taught group fitness. I taught one-on-one. I did stuff around the gym. You know, there was just so many different things that I was able to do within that job. So yes. I was happy doing something like that because I wasn't just doing the same thing all the time. And then, you know, their manifesting generators are so interesting because they they seem like they just have this unlimited capacity to create. And sometimes we just shock other people with our energy because... <laughs> We are what like the shadow term would be all over the place, but that's actually how our energy works. Like we are meant to kind of just course correct and be, you know, diving into one thing for however long and then being like, okay, I'm done here. I'm going to go over here now and check this out. And then it all ends up coming full circle in the end. It's like everything that you've ever gotten your hands in ends up making sense why you needed to learn that, you know, and oftentimes MGs do not live linear lives. We're not the type of people that just like go to school nine to five, get married, Mm -hmm. you know, and if we we do do that, it it ends up not feeling in alignment and you end up feeling very frustrated. (laughs) So we're definitely like free spirits that have to um, be able to, I think freedom is so important for MGs. The more readings that I do for them, the, the more I realize that ultimately they thrive when they're their own boss and they are able to, if they're not their own boss, they at least have a job with a lot of flexibility, sometimes multiple jobs, you know, multiple sources of income. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's, it's fun. We're, we're really here at the end of the day that just to teach people that life doesn't have to be so serious. You know, we, um, we're the ones that are like, oh yeah, you can totally try that. Like, why not give it a shot? Like, doesn't work. Oh, well, like you were meant to try it for a reason, you know? Um, just to like bring this playful, uplifting energy wherever we go. So when an MG is really living their design, then you, you feel that from them. You just feel how excited they are about life and how, um, it's like this juicy, sparkly, contagious energy. And really the same goes for generators. The only real difference between the two is that MGs are very fast and they tend to find shortcuts. And sometimes the downside of that is they have to like 
backtrack and fill in some gaps that they maybe yeah. missed. <laughs> right. Yes. We're so fast. We're almost too fast for ourselves sometimes. So um, generators tend to be very thorough and very meticulous. So it's like the tortoise and the hare. The, you know, the tortoise is slow and steady wins the race and they're going to be very um, particular and thoroughly getting through something and learning every little bit, taking their time with it and focusing on maybe one or two things, you know, um, Whereas the MG is just that like big motor that is very fast. So other than that, they're pretty similar with their energy, how it feels, you know, um, once you know, once you learn about this stuff, you meet somebody and you can just kind of pick up what type they are based on their, how their energy feels. So it sounds like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, so yeah, generators are pretty simple, similar in that way. They're really here to be lit up and to be these creative beings that are just doing what they love and, um, dedicating themselves to what it is that they love. And in the past, however many hundreds of years, we were the worker bees of the world. We were the ones out there laying the bricks and building the foundations and doing the physical labor. And now generators are like, I don't want to work 12 hours a day. You know, <laughs> like I want to have fun and enjoy my life and feel lit up and do what I love. And that's really this new paradigm that we're coming into. So um, that's kind of where projectors have come into play. Projectors did not actually come to the planet until I believe it was 1787. Before that, it was interesting. Yeah, they're they're a newer type, actually. Um, I believe manifesting generators were the first type and um, and then generators and manifestors and reflectors kind of all came into play. But projectors are the newest type and they we just didn't have a need for them before because the world was more based around surviving, right? Around yeah. building and surviving. <laughs> so it was like, you know, figuring out how not to die. <laughs> <laughs> so we really didn't need somebody that was guiding our energy and trying to see the bird's eye view and helping us to be more efficient because there was nothing to really make more efficient. We just needed to build it. Yeah. So that's kind of how generators got locked into this worker bee type of role and now that projectors have been on the scene for a couple hundred years now um, the energy is starting to shift because of their work and projectors are really here to bring efficiency to tweak something a lot of them have something very specific that they see differently um, they see they see into other people very deeply and they oftentimes struggle to see themselves correctly but they're they're the people that you just can like tell they're staring into your soul you know <laughs> <laughs> yep, I've met and, and they're very observant um, I always notice it with children now that I know about human design watching children is fascinating to me but Oftentimes they are the children that are hanging out kind of on the outside of the circle, like the play circle, and they're kind of just watching it and waiting for the right time to get into the crowd of children. Um, and so if you think about it like that, it's like they're observing and watching the energy and then they come in and just kind of start guiding the energy and shifting things Um like I, my friend has a few kids and her son is a projector and he'll kind of watch everybody play and then he'll come in and be like, oh, this is how we do it. And he'll like literally just make it more efficient. Like when we're cleaning up or something, he's like, oh, this is how you stack them, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's very interesting. Um, And then the big thing about projectors is they're not really designed to work more than three to four hours per day. And but when I say work, I mean output, right? Okay. So maybe they could be studying their craft or whatever the rest of the day, but they're not outputting their gift. So one of my best friends is a projector and she is a musician. And so 
you know, for most of the day, she's learning songs, she's practicing, um, you know, that kind of thing. But she only really is outputting, like actually performing for two to three hours. And anything more than that would just be completely exhausting. And so that's a job that's really in alignment with her because it doesn't require more of her than that, you know. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I help projectors figure out how to do is like, even if they are at a job where they have to be there for like eight hours, you know, they're so efficient that most of the time they're getting the work done that they need to get done in like half that time. So I'm like, I mean, I'm not telling you not to work the whole time, but like maybe you don't need to work the whole time. You're just kind of there for half the time, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. a way to hack the system a little bit. Um, and then manifestors are really the the fire starters they are the trailblazers the ones that are rallying energy and creating movements and they're oftentimes put in leadership positions they don't necessarily have to be leaders um, I always think about it as the manifestor births the project or the idea and then kind of rallies people to keep it going right so a lot of times what happens with manifestors is they get too attached to their baby that they've birthed their creative baby or mm -hmm. the movement and then they can't allow the generators and the projectors to come in and build and guide the energy um so they just want to like keep it to themselves almost okay yeah yeah so but really that's how manifestors work best is just birthing it and then finding people to build it and keep it going and because they don't have sustainable energy they don't have a defined sacral like a generator does to sustainably keep guiding that energy and um so yeah, they, they really just thrive doing whatever it is that they want. They get urges and it's like these urges that they can't explain, which is kind of where the, that comes into play with being a manifesting generator is, you know, we get urges as well. And the thing is for us is that we have to wait a little while after we get the urge, whereas the manifester can just go and it's like they're out the door before they've even had a second thought. And they're really designed to just follow those urges and they might not know where it's going to lead them, but it doesn't matter. It's like that's how their motor works is just through getting urges. So they're oftentimes the children that are running across the street and parents are like, Oh my God, you didn't tell me you were going to run across the street, you know? <laughs> so they get in trouble a lot. And that's, that's a problem that I run into with manifestors a lot is they're people pleasers because as children, they were just trying to follow their urges and then they were getting in trouble because they were, their parents were afraid, you know, because yes. you just, you didn't tell me, you need to tell me. And so that's why the strategy for manifestors is to inform mm -hmm. is like, okay, just yes, follow your urge, but you have to let people know that you're going to do it so that they can a help you or b just feel included in your life. Because um, otherwise the manifestor can seem kind of elusive, like they're always just doing something, they're always doing something different or, um, you know, I can't keep my, I can't keep an eye on them, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah it's definitely manifestors are often deeply conditioned and because the, it's like their parents just didn't know how to support that kind of a strong willed child. And it's so interesting because my niece is a manifestor and they they oftentimes are the leader of the family. So when you have a six-year-old that's kind of leading the family, <laughs> um, that's not right, you know? So it's really hard for parents to kind of allow the child to parent themselves, but manifestors really are capable of doing that to an extent. So it's, it's an in interesting energy to work with. Um, and then last but not least, the reflectors are, they're meant to do that. They're meant to reflect. They're completely open in their chart. They have no defined centers, so it's completely white. They're very rare. They're only 1% of the population. 
And they're really meant to be in the middle of the tribe to be able to reflect back how the tribe is doing. So it's it's almost like if you think about it in tribal days, you would look to the reflector to know how the rest of the tribe is doing. Um, and if they're not doing good, then something needs to change within the tribe. It's it's not them. It's because they're taking on the energy of the tribe and everybody in it, and it's affecting them negatively. That's interesting. It's almost like the canary in the coal mine. Yes, exactly. Wow. They're very sensitive, but it's almost like sensitivity is their strength, right? And a lot of mm-hmm. times society thinks that sensitivity is a weakness. But yes. in reality, it's like, no, um, the reflector can literally ride off of everybody's energy and they can have as much energy as they want because they're taking it in and amplifying it. Um, so and they they are everything and they are nothing. It's like they can literally they're a blank slate. They can be anything they want to be. So reflectors oftentimes don't have anything in common with each other because their energy is based on their environment and who they're around. Um, so it really is just this like. I always tell them you should go to bed as a blank slate every night because it's like you're trying on different costumes every day and getting to experience what it's like to be different people and in different energies, but don't get too attached to any identity because you really, you don't have one as a reflector. So I'm hoping that's so interesting. Yeah. And I'm hoping as the paradigm starts to shift that, um, because a lot of times reflectors just don't even want to be involved in the world they kind of tend to be on the outskirts of things because um their sensitivity is seen as weakness and people don't know their gift and their power um but they like i said they should really be in the middle they we should be looking to them for wisdom and guidance because they're the ones feeling everything so yeah well you know it's interesting the more that you talk about this it really actually it emphasizes how much each person has their own gifts at the same time they really still need one another it's like linking together and each person being able to work harmoniously with each other's gifts and and also challenges yeah absolutely and you know when we did our reading we were talking about the age of Aquarius and community Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing and I and like like we were saying at the top of the call, I don't I don't think society was ready for human design when it first was downloaded. I think it needed to percolate a little bit. And now it's it's starting to grow and it's starting to become a movement because people are ready for it and people are ready to be interdependent and but also realize how much we need to learn from one another, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's amazing because when I've just, I've described all the types, right. And we're all meant to have something from that type. Like we are all everything at the end of the day. Um, even though it might not be our specialty to rally energy, we've all probably been there at some point in our life where we've acted as a manifester. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, there are lessons that we can take from the manifester and from the reflector. And it's like, we all have our roles. So in order for us to have a synergistic society, we all need to recognize our gifts and recognize those roles, celebrate them, but also recognize how much we need each other to create, you know, the highest good for society and everything. So I like to think about it as earth is like, you know, it's like the human body. You think about how our cells and our organs and everything all work together to get things done. 
Yes. The earth is the same thing. We're just, <laughs> we're out of whack, you know, if our, <laughs> if our lungs didn't have our heart, like, you know, it's like the blood wouldn't be transported throughout the body. And like, what good are the lungs if there's no blood, you know? Yeah. So yeah. It's kind of similar in that way. We just have to recognize that we're all meant to work together. And now finally, it seems like astrologically, at least everything's lining up for that to start shifting. That's so well said. And so you you were saying you primarily work with people in personal development? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do a couple different things. So I do, um, you know, I just do readings if people want to talk about their chart and just learn about their energy. And I really look at a reading as it's a foundation. So it, it kind of gives us certain things to talk about and things will organically come up, you know, um, mm -hmm. I've found that if people aren't ready to dive into like a healing session necessarily, they don't necessarily want to, um, air their dirty laundry, so to speak, or really get deep. And, um, they kind of just want to get to know themselves a little bit. Then a human design yeah. reading is a really great option because inevitably we end up talking about your shadows and some of your wounding just because it's kind of like the, you know, the manifestor conversation where I'm like, oh, they tend to be people pleasers because of how they were raised, you know. Mm -hmm. So that ends up opening a door to really discuss that people pleasing on a deeper level because they're like, oh, yeah, oh, my gosh, that's totally right. And then and then they also feel like they're not alone so much because I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is a this is a theme of manifestors. So you don't feel as um, ashamed, I guess, of your shadows and kind of what you're conditioned around is because it's like, yeah, people just didn't know how to handle your energy and you weren't guided correctly. And so here you are. And like, let's come up with some ways around that. So I found that the chart is just a really beautiful way to explore people's shadow and to do shadow work without, it's like a very objective perspective, right? It's like, well, this is just what the chart is saying. And um, I have yet to meet somebody that hasn't resonated with it. So I'm like 10 for 10. <laughs> And it, yeah, just provides, and you know, with our shadows, a lot of times we can't see them. It's like people will say, okay, I know I'm meant to do shadow work, but where do I start? I'm like, great, let's dig into your chart and see some things that are probably going on for you, you know, and um, astrology is very similar in that way. Mm -hmm, definitely. Well, and I think another aspect of that is that when someone gets a bit closer to their true nature, you know, to their personal truth, there's just something that, that lines up like the green light goes on and mm. it's like, okay, this feels right. This feels like the direction that I should be going. And I, I really feel like having these tools to get to know oneself better puts people in a position where some of the more challenging aspects of life, it, it starts to become more intuitive. There's more synchronicity. There's more uh, that starts to open up when we have a deeper insight into who we are and what our truth is. Yes, absolutely. You said that so well. So if someone would like to get a reading for you or just learn a little bit more about your work, where can they find you? Yeah. So I am on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. If, if that stays around, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> um, it's been a really good platform for me to teach human design. So I love it, but I guess the government has a problem with it right now. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, my website is howtobealion.com. I love lion energy. It's something that I've really connected with for a long time. And so um, I'd like to think I teach people how to connect with their inner lion. And um, 
I have a couple different options. A lot of people have been doing my mini reading option because it's just a way to dip your toe into human design and really feel like if the system resonates with you or and if you resonate with me as a as a teacher and a guide. So um, it's $55 and you can get, it's a 20 minute voice recording that I email to you about your chart. And then there's also a 10 minute um, recording about your energy type. So oh, that's great. Yeah. So 20 minutes of it is personalized and the 10 minutes is just, you know, it's pretty generic to the energy type. Um, but a lot of people have been really liking that because, you know, they can re-listen over and over again. And I just, I kind of just riff on the chart. I, I, I tend to channel when I look at the chart and I just talk about what is really popping out for me. Um, and I'll talk about your incarnation cross, which is basically your four most I would, I would say your four most important or your four most biggest themes that you're dealing with in your life. So it really is just a, it's just a peek into the chart because you really do, not, do need a lot more time to get into everything. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great option just to kind of see if it's right for you. And then also there's the full reading, the initial reading, which is an hour and 20 minutes. And it's just you and me digging into your chart. And I end up doing some channeling for you communication with your spirit guides because that's just my jam always anyways <laughs> <laughs> and then um I do offer healing sessions as well so a lot of people will start with a human design reading and then they'll do like a follow-up reading because some things came up in their reading and they want to dig deep into that and we can actually do some energy healing around that and whatnot and then I also have um, a life coaching program if you want a mentor and you really want to just like have some support and some accountability and I tend to attract people that want to learn human design like want to actually be a reader and really get into that and people that are wanting to really be healers so it ends up being a cross between learning all of the ins and outs the ins and outs all about human design as well as some energy healing and stuff like that so it's a three-month program and oh wow yeah it's really fun for me that's that's truly my passion is people that want to do something with their gifts they just don't necessarily know what and then throughout that three-month period I'm kind of just on call for you to um, you know be able to access me throughout the week and then we do one session per week and there's homework and it's it's really awesome so that sounds awesome I yeah. want to do that that sounds yeah. really good <laughs> it's awesome I love it all right well do you have any closing words for us today is there anything else you'd like to say yeah, I would just like to say, um, really, it's so important to find out what your own authenticity is and connect to your authentic true nature and just give yourself permission to be yourself. And that's really what human design has given me is permission to be myself. And it's taught me how to love myself. And that's really, that's something that I'd like to think I'm able to guide people towards is self-love through, you know, through the chart. That's just the tool. But um, the more that you can love yourself and show up in the world with your true energy as who you are, not trying to be anybody else, whether that is more like you, Elena, where you're meant to kind of be flexible in your energy and shift in your identity. I think we talked about that. And then, yeah. you know, where I'm meant to be more having a strong sense of self and showing up exactly as I am, you know, it. It, whether you're one or the other, just to celebrate who you really are. And the more you can do that, the more we can all step into our roles and help each other out, create synergy in the world. And I'm just really excited to see what happens over the next 
you know, five years and how the world starts to shift. I know it's going to be a bumpy ride, but um, thank goodness we have tools like this now to make it a little bit easier. That is beautiful. Thank (laughs) you so much for being here with me, Teresa. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Elena. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for everybody who joined us today. Until next time. Bye.